This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I just drink wine. Dear hearts, darlings, those who mean well and, well, probably not those who don't, but if you're listening in and giving me another uh, download, maybe so, I wish to welcome you to the wine situation, where the situation is, uh, it's, it's quarantine times too, guys. They started opening things up and nope. Today, they're like, uh-uh, no, sorry, joking. Okay, restaurants, outdoor seating can stay open. But guys, just don't hang out with people you don't live with. Just stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, and put your freaking mask on. They didn't say it like that. They just kind of threat- made, sounded more thready, like uh, they're going to crack down if people aren't following regulation, which I hope they do, because, I mean, people, <laughs> people literally acted like this whole thing just disappeared and no, it just got worse. <sighs> All of which is to say is that you may be alone drinking a glass of wine, but you're not alone, my friend. You are not alone. I'm here with you. And in fact, I mean, you know, reach out and say hi if you're listening to this. Tell me what you're drinking. Uh, I'm on the Instagrams, Ellen Clifford, or just the wine situation. Find me. I'm pretty chatty. Um, <laughs> I'm not lonely or anything, guys. <laughs> It's all okay. So yeah, that, that's the, that's what the show is. Who am I? I am Ellen Clifford, the palette, as I choose to be called now, because fuck gender norms. I don't need them. Okay, <laughs> not gonna get into it. Um, so I guess I should, uh, you know, check in with you guys. Uh, oh, I didn't say anything more about myself besides I'm the palette. If you're listening to this, you probably already know I'm in the Diploma Program for the Wine Spirit Educational Trust. I'm a certified son with the Quartermaster Sommeliers, and, you know, I write about wine for Delectable. Okay, bio done. Uh, just checking in with you guys, seeing how everyone's dealing with this. I hope you, you know, I hope you don't freak out. Don't don't go buying all the toilet paper again. I, I hope you have, like, one person you can commune with. I have like one person who, who I'm like, I, I, I have to have, I have to have hugs guys. Um, <laughs> cause I live alone. So I hope you have at least one person to keep your morale up and I hope you're connecting with, with all your, all your people. Oh, sorry. I'm once again, like tired guys. I'm not getting a lot of sleep. I have seen the sun come up more times in the last month probably than i don't know ever maybe that's probably an exaggeration but i've seen the sun come up a lot and it's not because i woke up early sorry to say um so actually i did go to sleep before the sun came up yesterday so maybe i have no excuse it could be cumulative though or it could just be the state of the fucking world i've really got um, a mouth on me this time Oh, okay, let's get on. I have an agenda of all sorts of wine fun, guys. Um, we're going to have a bit of philosophy. That's not wine fun, but it's fun. We have another round of who, what, when, where, why, the scaffolding <laughs> upon which the um, elegant gothic... Oh, this metaphor doesn't make sense. I was trying to go off my, like, the skeleton on which the vegan flesh of this podcast... Um, Oh, I got it. The scaffolding that is holding up the Gothic architecture, although I think I prefer more Baroque, um, of this podcast. It's a game, guys. It's actually a game. 
We have another wine made by a woman. This is in my seeking out wines by uh, people of color. Um, so I'm I'm so excited. The story behind this wine is phenomenal. Uh, so we'll we'll taste that. We'll play the game that's not a game. What's in a glass? We're gonna have a happy cocktail hour. I, I don't think I'm. Oh, I don't think I have the ingredients to even make it right now. And you probably don't want to hear me shaking up drinks. But I'm gonna tell you about a drink I really love. And um, you know, I don't know if we're gonna have a drunk dial. I kind of think not because I am tired and I have had a bunch of different things going on, which I'll tell you about coming up. There's going to be some theater and Zoom. <laughs> Everything's on Zoom now. Um, but I may just call it a night and wish you guys well. Um, I hope that's not disappointing. I just, time got away from me and I thought I was going to have someone for this week. And fortunately, I already have them scheduled for next week, though, and they are, what a guest. What a guest I have coming for you next week. And maybe this week, who knows? It'll be a surprise. We'll see. Shall we get on with it? I say we shall, because there's a beautiful glass of wine looking at me, begging me to drink it. And I'm like, patient little glass, patient little glass, patience. I will drink you when it is your time, and I will share your your marvel with your marvel, your marvels, your miracle with the world. Okay, uh, the philosophy it was just something I was thinking about. It's, it's quarantine specific. The costume sometimes makes the difference. The, the um, by costume I just mean the the clothes upon your body. As an actor, I can tell you that sometimes, man, you're not quite in it until you get that costume. You're like, oh, this is who I am now, and it helps you settle in. I just um, during quarantine, I've just uh, been wearing. More or less, like I own multiple. I'm one of those people who owns multiple copies of like similar or the same thing. Like there are always some variation on a black tank top and a short black skirt and black tights. Uh, yeah, it's like my uniform, uh, sort of like, um, yeah, it's like a uniform for me. But I often spice it up with like different tights or jewelry or makeup, and I just yeah, I've been putting on a little bit of makeup, but I've not been wearing jewelry. And I really like wearing jewelry. Not a lot. I get claustrophobic if I wear like earrings and a necklace together. But today I'm wearing this uh, this necklace made of like keychain rings all threaded together. It's it's a um, a choker, and it makes me feel like a badass. And it's kind of just made me feel better about myself today. No, you should not be um, dependent on your looks to make you better. But I don't know. I, it was time to start putting on some jewelry and in you know, pretending like I'm not almost never leaving the house. Yeah. That's your bit of philosophy. Sometimes the costume makes the difference. Let's get on to our game. Who, what, when, where, why, wine. Because uh, like everything on this episode, I'm so excited about it. You're a who, and I'm going to keep this real brief, so listen up. You're a who is actually who's, two of them at least, Wild dogs. <laughs> That's your who, is wild dogs. Okay, let me tell you about this wine I have here. This is the McBride Sisters Collection Red Blend from Central Coast, California. Now, what's so cool about um, the McBride Sisters, uh, besides the fact that, you know, women making wine 
still a rarity, black women making wine, also even more a rarity. So the thing about these sisters is they both grew up in wine regions. Uh, Robin was in Monterey and Andrea was in New Zealand. I didn't catch wind of which part, but they make a lot of wine there. They're half-sisters, and they did not know the other existed the first half of their lives. They didn't meet each other till I know, said one of them was 16, like 1999. Um, how did this happen? They had a, a same half-father who just uh, did not inform. He, he wasn't around for, for either of them, was what I gathered from watching this interview with them. He, yeah, wasn't around and did not inform them of each other, and... So his dying wish, apparently, to his family was, can you find my girls and put them in touch with you? I, I don't know what family this was. Maybe he had a few going on, but um, yeah, he says, please put them in touch. And that takes a lot more sleuthing in like the 90s than it did now. I think it involved like multiple letter writing and stuff. Uh, to clarify, like, you know, writing every Robin McBride in, in the phone book kind of thing. Um, yeah, but they found each other eventually, and they say when they met each other, like, one of them was walking towards the other and thought for a second she was looking at herself in the mirror, so that's just, like, sisters, and then they, you know, they're both growing up in these different regions, they find out they both freaking love wine, so come 2010, they start the McBride sisters, uh, and they make wine both from California now and New Zealand. And what I've had so far is delicious. I had their um, their rosé, which they call Black Girl Magic. And I was like, yay, magic! And it was beautiful. And they make a really lovely Chardonnay. And uh, the thing I'm going to try tonight is the Red Blend. Now, I don't have a huge... Uh, text sheet on this, but I did write them and inquire what was in it, and they said 66% uh, Merlot and 33% Cabernet Sauvignon. You guys, we're just booking here. I'm already up to the second who, what, when, where, why clue, and it's only 10 minutes in. I'm going to cheers you and take a sip, and then we're going to get another clue, and then we're going to walk through this wine. Walk with me, guys. Cheers. Oh yeah, totally. I'll drink a glass of that. Oh, sure. I will drink that wine, not that milkshake, that wine. Okay, we'll get back to that. I'm going to give you your next clue. Remember the who was wild dogs. The what is a sometimes, but not always, uh, showing up of botrytis. Botrytis, that's noble rot. It's the stuff that, um, like the fungus on, on the grapes that shrivels them and concentrates flavors and makes wines that can be oh so sweet uh, depending how much you know botrytis how much botrytis uh, uh, what stage it's in basically how much juice is left in the raisins um, anyway this is not about botrytis I'm just telling you this is not unusual to taste it on the scrape let's play what's in a glass so what's in the glass we listen to our wine if it doesn't have any, if it doesn't give us any trouble, we say, okay, I'll drink you. That's how you do the ear test. Then you look at it, and the color on this is, it's a ruby. Oh, did I tell you what year this is? This is 2016. 
So this is ruby and it's starting to fade into a watery rim that has like a more bricky, ruddy color, which can be a sign of a little bit of age. This is a four-year-old. Um, not super old, but a tiny bit. I don't know. Um, then we are going to smell it. Mmm. It smells like... Ah, uh, all sorts of red things. <laughs> a little bit of plum, like some red plum, some purple plum. Mmm. Some raspberry, some blackberry. There's like the tiniest hint of something uh, fresh and green. I'm trying to think what sort of, what of a leaf is this? It is a leaf of some type um, that's hiding out in there. Maybe a little bit of spice to it, but uh, mainly like the, the currants and the plums and that tiny bit of greenery and uh, just like a whiff, a waft. Uh, say what which of um, something floral. I'm not sure what yet. Anyway, that's what I'm getting on the nose. Let's take a sip. It is dry. Medium acid. The tannins are actually medium plus. They are of, they are, they, they come like in the back palate, or not the back palate so much as they don't hit you over the head. They kind of show up and linger in your mouth. Like the wine's like, I'm going to stick around and hang on to your tongue so you don't forget about me. And say, don't, don't you worry. I won't forget about you, McBride Sisters Collection Redland. I will not forget about you. Um, so yeah, tannins surprised me. I guess maybe because it's so much, well, I mean, Merlot can have a decent amount of tannins, as can Cab Sauve. Hmm. Ooh. Even more like red fruit and spice on the on the tongue. This may be weird, but I'm almost getting like a hint of anise. Maybe it's allspice. Yeah, it's kind of like a little anise and a little maybe like tarragon or something. Maybe that's my green green leaf. I mean, both Merlot and Cab Sauvignon are known to show pyrazines, which is um, that is like you get it on Sauvignon Blanc a lot. It's like green peppers and stuff, um, but that's not quite what I'm getting here. It's almost like a hint of mint, actually. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, red currants, black currants, and jam thereof, but made dry. Like this fruit was quite ripe, but not overripe. Just right ripe. Just right ripe. Um, I declare this wine yummy. Let's think about uh, its journey over my tongue. I mentioned I'm trying to pay more attention to the front, mid, and back palate because some people find that important. Let's see. Oh, um, yeah, you get kind of more of the spices up front, then the berries kick in, and then the tannins are like, hello, and then the alcohol gets you. I don't think this is too high in alcohol. Like. Um, let's see if I can guess the percentage. Uh. 13.5? 14? Let's see. I'm going to be wrong. I've been, like, wrong at this a lot recently. Um, oh, 13.5. Sweet. Okay. Um, so those were my tasting notes. Uh, the finish lasts with you a decent amount. I put it at medium to medium plus, and it's pleasant. 
And that's an important factor in wine, pleasantness. Okay, so now I'm going to read what they wrote about it on their website, which was not a lot. It was very concise, which I kind of appreciate. A garnet gem. This wine is complex yet approachable with flavors of plum, cherry, and blackberry, along with tobacco and vanilla. Didn't clock the tobacco and vanilla, but maybe maybe the tobacco is what I'm smelling that smells like the jam. It's kind of sweetness. Peppery spice and a hint of blackberry show up in the finish, inviting another sip. It does invite another sip. I cheers to you, listeners, and I cheers to you. I'm cheersing the wine bottle, McBride sisters, and I'm cheering to me. Bong! I just cheers to my head because, I don't know, I'm making things, and that's important. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. This podcast isn't important at all, but it keeps me going. So I'm grateful for it, and I'm grateful if you're still listening to this nonsense. Let's get another clue. So, who? Wild dogs. What? Botrytis. Sometimes. When? is 1496 uh, was the first mention of um of this grape in like a document about the land this guy was buying um yeah the, that's a long time ago so you know it was somewhere that had people growing those grapes early i don't know actually i maybe that's compared to like some places that's not that early but um yeah okay 1496 let's move on because i like the the grape that's your um your who what when where why wine like this wine and the story behind it those sisters i want to interview them can i drunk dial new zealand is that where even where she is okay uh sorry tangent i forgot to tell you the thing this podcast is actually about more than anything more than wine more than me maybe not more than wine and me but segments and tangents tangents and segments that is what I guess I should make a note on myself for I, I always prep a, a, an episode in the future I'm like I should make a note on the next one see tangent already um I can't believe I left it out what kind of host am I I know you were like really looking forward to that shut up Ellen and get on to the cocktail so you if you might know what a sour is it's usually um it will consist of some sort of citrus some sort of uh sugar simple syrup and then the spirit a whiskey sour of course it's going to be you know whiskey um and sometimes an egg white i i like a little bit of egg white well there's this drink called the new york sour that is you shake up bourbon and egg white and lemon juice and simple syrup and uh you shake it without ice first to get that egg white working um then you put the ice in and shake it again to get nice and chilled and then you double strain it to get any of that nasty pulp out out with the pulp out into like a cocktail glass and then you take red wine see why this i love this cocktail so much um and you pour it over a spoon so it just floats on the surface and it's gorgeous to behold it just looks like a midnight sky dripping into sunrise oh my that was poetic of me if I don't say so myself. So, but I like to play, right? I, I've gone through phases where I'm making like every type of simple syrup on earth, you know, the flavored ones, the ones of demerara sugar, all sorts of uh, those. And also I just, um, I often feel like where a limit is, I can, where a limit is, I think oftentimes I can find a better citrus. So my New York sour is made of two ounces of bourbon, 
I like bourbon for the sweetness of it and also just like, uh, I love bourbon. Um, although I think, mm, I think rye would have too much to say, but yeah. Okay, guys, stick with bourbon. Don't listen to my me babble. Um, and egg white, although in mine, I use, I only use like a half to three quarters the egg white because I feel like any more and you taste egg white, but you use just the right amount and it just gives you that texture on your tongue that's like plush. Um, Three cores an ounce of uh, grapefruit juice, not, uh, it can't be the white grapefruit. Um, the ruby red, not quite. It's like the really fuchsia pink grapefruit are the ones that uh, make the best my New York sours. I'm so specific about grapefruits, but they're very different when you taste the different colors and like even like different seasons of them. So this cocktail isn't always perfect, but it's always tasty. I would say probably closest to grapefruit juice that like you buy pre-made maybe, I don't know. Um, and my simple syrup, the three quarters an ounce of that, uh, I make a vanilla bean simple syrup. So it's uh, simple syrup, like um, the recipe I use is two parts sugar to one part water and you boil it up till not boil it, just dissolve the sugar and then you put vanilla beans and let them steep a fair amount of time and then strain it. Vanilla simple syrup elevates a cocktail, let me tell you. So that's, um, and then you can top with a red wine. Don't top with something too tannic, like, you know, a Pinot Noir, maybe a Zen, a Grenache would be, maybe not a Grenache. That might, you want something not too complicated, but with just the right bite of, hi, I'm a pretty red wine. Taste me and then, get crunk on that whiskey. Anyway, um, yeah, my New York sour. That was this week's uh, happy, uh, happy cocktail hour. Okay, so we have another clue coming up. I'm like barreling through this one. I don't know, well, I guess like last week I was talking about a book, so that took time. And I probably waxed poetic about the state of the world a little bit too much. I probably still did it too much. Eh, I'll forgive myself. Let's uh, let's re revisit our clues. This may be the shortest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> Maybe that'll be good. Okay, the who? Wild dogs. The what? Botrytis. Or, um... Oh yeah, okay. The what, uh, Botrytis, the when is 1496, the first time we heard it mentioned. The where is two wares. It's the Loire and South Africa. Oh yes, two places you don't picture um, being so very similar, but let me tell you, they both do fine work with this grape. Before I go on, I'll do my usual, like, eh, if you try could like, you know, leave a rating, five stars, five stars only, please. <laughs> we only take the best. And, uh, you know, a review if you have time. Do you have time? I don't have more time really during quarantine because, uh, oh, it sounds like a helicopter or something just went by. That was speedy. Huh. I hope everything is okay. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, if you have more time, I I already mostly worked from home, so my life hasn't changed that much. But if you have extra time, uh, you know, just be like, hey, cool podcast. And I'd be like, oh, thank you. Um, and, you know, go on the Instagram. Say hi. Be a friend. Be my friend. Be 
the wine situation sites friend um i'm open to both yeah uh okay that's that one more clue guys and i'm willing to bet a lot of you figured it out by now we'll just go through who wild dogs what Betritus, when 1496 where luar in south africa why because you want to taste the wine that's if you know someone threatened my life and was like you have to pick a favorite white grape ellen what is it i would say it's what this grape is uh the alternative i had for that that was that was off the cuff uh the alternative i had for that why was you want something that's uh very productive and doesn't lose acid by productive i mean it makes a lot of juice okay you guys figured it out by now right chenin blanc we're talking about chenin blanc i love chenin blanc um so the wild dogs thing that's one of the theories of how it got its name uh chien means wild dogs um but there's other uh and chien they just think somehow that became chenin that's a little far-fetched but i thought wild dogs was a fun clue for you um it could also be named for the area mont chenin or Shannon So, which was like the estate that they found it mentioned on, uh, or being grown on. Uh, yeah, people don't know exactly where the name came from, but I'm going to go with Wild Dogs. Although, I don't want to drink Wild Dogs, and this is my favorite grape, so I'm, I'm going to go with Mont Shannon, actually, especially because that sounds like the most like it. Um, so the cool thing about Shannon Blanc is it can create so many styles of wine, um, kind of like Riesling, and actually sometimes you can mistake them. It can create so many styles of wine, but they all generally, you'll be like, oh yeah, this is Chenin, and I like it. Or if you're me, you like it. Um, they taste like honey and apples and and pineapple. And also, this sounds gross, but lanolin or like something kind of waxy. Um, yeah, and then like when they get Botrytis, that adds these super ripe sort of, they say like the classic markers are like marmalade, 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 um, lady marmalade, uh, that was bad, sorry, ginger, saffron, um, yeah, it adds that je ne sais quoi, but there's always to me this like, well, A, it's very acidic and I love an acid grape because I have no acid receptors, uh, I need something to wake me up, um, where was I going besides I'm excited by this grape? This is, I'm like, this has one of my, this episode has an exciting wine with a cool story. It has my favorite white grape, if, if forced to pick one. Uh, sorry, my other babies. I love you too, but maybe not as much. Um, I, I, I have a favorite grape, a favorite cocktail. This has been a fun episode for me, guys. Um, more about Chenin Blanc. What do you want to know? Um, so yeah, it comes in a range of uh, sweetnesses too. So sometimes if you see something called Vouvray, sometimes it'll say like Vouvray Sec, which there's definitely going to be some sweetness, or or, or Demi Sec. Um, but sometimes it's just Vouvray and it's totally dry, and sometimes it's Vouvray and it's not. Um, across the river from Vouvray is Mont-Louise. That's another region in the Loire Valley that makes it. Um, then you also have Sauvignon, which is usually dry Chenin, and this one will trip people up a little bit. Also, another thing that trips people up uh, with Chenin sometimes is 
Chablis with a little bit of age on it. I don't know how that happens. How? I, yeah, I don't understand. I think it's because Chablis gets like magically a little honeyed and appley with age. I don't know why, but it does. And sometimes you think it's Shannon. But listen to your heart and you won't go wrong. I have totally gone wrong, but listen to your heart. Um, where, so it also grows in South Africa, and sometimes they used to call it Steen, or I heard someone pronounce it Steen, so I don't know which way is correct. But these days, most of the time, if you see a South African wine label, it will say Chenin Blanc. Um, but yeah, I, Chenin Blanc, I love the, the diversity of wines it can represent. It can be sweet and betritized. It can be sparkling. I think, I do believe they make a Cremant, Cremant de um, Vivray. If not that, then Cremant de Loire. I just started restudying for my sparkling test in case it comes sooner rather than later, but it's looking like it's going to come later. Um, a Cremant is a wine made the same way as Champagne. Um, it can be made into that. It can be bone dry. It can be a little sweet, it can be a lot sweet. Um, in fact, if you, within the Loire, go to the Coteau du Loire, ah, I'm going to say this wrong, Coteau du Leon, there are uh, these sub-regions called the, I'm saying this wrong, spelled like quartz, quartz de chaume, uh, and Bonazou that make wines that, for my money, actually I've never bought them, I've only tasted them. Guys, I'm a liar. Uh, but if I had the money to buy them, uh, they rival in my heart Saturn. That that's big. Saturn, good Saturn, is a beautiful thing. Um, anyway, so basically, Chenin Blanc is every woman, and I stand behind it. And I was very excited to share details about it with you. Uh, at some point, I'll probably have I had Chenin on this podcast yet? Maybe not. I'll have to procure some sometime soon. Anyway, thank you for in, uh, entertaining this. Oh yeah, I'd also consider like, if uh, were I to bear children, naming one of them Shannon. I used to say Eleven, but like apparently that TV show, uh, which one is it? Stranger Things, uh, took that, or Gray with an E, or Shannon Eleven Gray. What a name. <laughs> I won't do that to anyone. Also, I, yeah, um, I won't do that to anyone. Unless upon birth they look at me and are like, hi, my name is Shannon Eleven Gray. I'll be like, cool, cool, cool. I like assertiveness off the bat. That's good. Has this single glass that's not even done of red blend made me a little tipsy? It has, maybe because I'm tired. Um, guys, that's it for now. I'm not saying goodbye forever because I will surely be back next week. I do think I'm just going to go ahead and uh, put this together and put it out for you uh, without a drunk dial unless, yeah, I have a busy next few days. I'm sorry. Uh, I hope I'm not becoming like a, a lame podcast host. I hope I'm still like providing education. Like you learned about Chenin Blanc. You learned about cocktail. I, I, I provide substance, I hope. Or at least a laugh or two. And if not that, one of those two things, I'm not sure why you're listening, but I thank you for doing it. All right. I care about you. I want us all to be well. Everyone, please be careful. Everyone, keep doing the good work. We all need to keep on trying to make the world the better place, whether it's by... Uh, protesting but please be so careful protesting whether it's by donating 
whether it's by, um, you know, I don't know what I was going to say. I was looking at the bottle of wine and I'm like, even if it's like trying to make sure that the women of color have a more of a voice in the wine industry, you know, do what you can and do it well and do it with love. It may not be enough. I don't know. I'm not an expert, guys. Wow, this is getting way too deep. I'm just going to say thank you for listening and I cheers to you. I just drink wine. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with men and maids. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with coffee maids. I just drink wine. Give me red, white, or say, don't touch me, motherfucker. I'm a Somaliite. And a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.